0: Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. i is your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to have, what again? A great show for you today. How is everybody doing? Bruce Pollard, how are you doing? I see you in the house. Yes, I will give you the link. Ask Egberto anything is tomorrow. I'll put the link in a minute. Bridge MCP, welcome to Politics and Right. E2247, welcome to Politics and Right. AVQ in the house. Paul Fleming in the house. Yvette avery Herrod. La Preciosa is in the house and growing. I see our our channels growing. Come on, folks. Let's go ahead and get busy. How's everybody doing today? I trust all are doing fine. Well, you know, I am doing fine. Uh, it's the weekend. How, how do you say? My uh, my good friend, he sends us a, a voice over WhatsApp every morning and, you know, give us a positive affirmation. That is Roberto Luis. Sends out a, a positive affirmation every single, how should I say this? Every single day. Let's see. Egberto won't make Zoom meeting having a four-town four garage sale. You go, girl. Carl Cox is in the house as well. Uh, let me bring my Substack up because there is some stuff I couldn't cover this morning at the um at my show in the morning because I had to do some pictures. For KPFT. So certain items I was not able to cover, but I want to get into that in a little bit as soon as I get this screen up y funcionando con la templeta correcta. Let's see. Uh Melanie Keelan is in the house. She said she was having some trouble connecting. I hope your troubles are over, my dear beautiful friend. I hope your troubles are over. All right, let's see. Bridge MCP has some words for me. Let's see. Michael Rudnan hasn't shown up yet, has he? Yes, he has. And I, I actually saluted him. He said, had some minor renovations in my apartment's kitchen today. All that cleaning afterwards. I hear you, man. I know how that goes. All right, let's see what else we got here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Vamos a comenzar esta vaina. Vamos a comenzar esta vaina. Vamos a comenzar esta vaina. Okay. Bridge says, more payoffs to Clarence and Jeannie Thomas surface. The Supreme Court justice has seemingly been benefactor of cash, trips, a home for his mom, home improvement for his mom in that home, and private uh, school tuition for his nephew. And also remember, uh, the mother's living there supposedly rent free. About the only thing they haven't gotten seems to be a free trip to space from Elon Musk. But they, hey, it's still early. It all began with news surfacing that Thomas had on-disclosed cash and trips furnished to him from billionaire and Nazi memorabilia enthusiast Harlan Crowe. Then it was discovered that Crowe not only bought his mother's slaughter uh, home, but allowed her to l- continue living in it. On top of that, Crowe provided tens of thousands of dollars worth of improvements to the home, And to that, mysterious income apparently was collected by Thomas annually from a company that ceased to exist. His wife, Ginny, has also allegedly been the recipient of more secret payments. The latest coming from Leonard Liu, a conservative activist who has fought for decades to stack the court for the right wing of our political spectrum. Those payments came from former Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway. Conway has even admitted that Leo purposefully and intentionally instructed her to obscure the payments and make no mention of Jeannie Thomas being the recipient of the payments, which were funneled through where again? Conway. It's the perfect scam. We have have an illegitimate Supreme Court. We've been talking about that for a long time now. It's even so more Proven now, an illegitimate Supreme Court, an illegitimate Supreme Court. All right, continuing. Republican legislatures took look to put local issues in liberal areas under state control. In recent years, national culture war debates have driven a surge of new legislation known as preemption bills in Republican state houses aimed at rolling back laws passed by more progressive cities. Mayors and advocates say the trend risks alienating voters who lose faith in power of their local leaders. What we are seeing lately is an increase of home rule grab type legislation, said Clarence Anthony, the CEO of the National League of Cities. This year, there are 600 different preemptive laws that are being proposed by different legislatures through America. That, in fact, is a rise and is very concerning to our municipal leaders. Bill targeting uh, education, transgender, and LGBTQ rights, housing policy, gun rights, and policing are among most prevalent in the legislature sessions this year, according to the NLC. It's worse than what you think, guys. It's much worse than what you think, and we're going to go into that. All right, so hello, Bruce Pollard, Michael Rodensel, Carl Cox. David Frum once wrote... If conservatives become convinced that they cannot win democratically, they will not abandon conservatism. They will reject democracy. Isn't that what's happening right now? Also, Melanie, uh, let's see. We also have Bruce says, uh, well, that's a different conversation. Bruce says, I have perfected my American curry recipe. Wow, Bruce, I'm proud of you, man. What kind of, did you use meat or is it a uh, a veggie curry? What is it? All right. Eric Hayes says a bill that would give the secretary of state power to call for an election do overpass the state Senate Tuesday. I know that. The author of Texas Senate Bill 1993 said it's aimed at preventing Harris County from running out of ballot paper. No appointment of ballot administration than how one county's Harris screws up two elections in a row. First administrator loses votes and finds thousands late. And second, has insufficient paper issues when the warehouse had plenty. Who was in charge? Yes, the current commissioner. I feel for you for not noticing that these anomalies are, are, first of all, minor. And secondly, happens all over the place, including red counties. But again, in a red state, that doesn't matter, right? But we are not a red state, and that's what we're going to talk about in a minute. All right, let's see. Paul Fleming Sr. says, I find it amazing for some in white Americans that thinks it's okay for a young black man who they think is a thug to be choked to death, yet feel it's okay to elect a thug into the White House. The guy was a Michael Jackson impersonator. And a 24-year-old man choked him to death as he was going through what was likely a mental episode, but a nonviolent mental episode. This is America. I mean, we had, if you remember when a lot of this stuff started, it wasn't, it didn't get started. It got started with somebody like, uh, 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 what is the name of the guy with the, not the police on his choke, but the guy who, uh, uh, what's his name? And the guy who is in Florida, there's this vigilante guy, George, following uh, Trevon Martin. Trevon Martin. Just a vigilante following around uh, uh, Martin because he didn't think the guy belonged. He killed him, and what happened? He got off. Yeah, this is America, folks. This is America. But you know, you make mention of this, and too often people think ah, that's the exception, that is not the rule. Well, what is the rule that are some folks make sure to try to avoid at all costs things that others don't have to avoid, you know? But what can I say? All right. Eric K. says jobs report are wrong as it's an estimate, right? There is very important data left out of the His Reuters report. Which is included in a report at CNBC. Numbers for March and February were revised sharply downward. It was actually downward by one hundred and forty-nine thousand, but that's not sharply because again the numbers were so darn high. Come on, buddy. I know you don't want it to be good, but the trend is the the, the trend is absolute. You can try to spin it however you want. This has been a great job report. The utilization uh, the utilization is going up. All's going fine with the jobs if we could just get the inflation numbers down in other words if we could just get the thugs in charge of our economy from pilfering the american people then it would be fine we wouldn't have the inflation that we have because we don't have a shortage of anything so there should be no inflation so anyhow you can try but you won't succeed my dear brother eric hayes Eric Case also says <clears throat> Supreme Court Justice Sonia uh, Sotoymayor then recused herself from multiple cases involving a book publisher, Penguin Random House, which paid her more than $3 million since 2010 for her own book, right? The copyright infringement cases in which uh, Penguin Random House stood to suffer financial damage if the court ruled unfavorably were not taken up by the high court, but justices voted on whether or not to hear the cases. Altogether, Sotomayor earned $3.6 million from Penguin Random House and its subsidiary for agreeing to let them publish her 2013 memoirs. My Beloved World and Numerous Children's Books Since Then, The Daily Wire, reported on Thursday. The same year uh, that her memoir came out, Sotomayor voted on whether the court should take up Alan Greenspoint versus Random House. I am trying to figure out the conflict of interest there. Her stuff was already signed. But I don't expect you to see that. I expect right now everybody's going to try to see if they can find any progressive judge that have done the nasty, corrupt things that Clarence Thomas, John Roberts, and and the other Supreme Court uh, judge, Gorshev. But, you know, you can keep trying. Again, in general, progressives are not near as corrupt as the people who purport to be conservatives. That's just how it is. All right, let's see what else we got here. Michael Rudnick says, I've not been paying attention to the news this week at all, but damn, what the F San Bernardino? New York City chokehold death of Jordan Neely ruled a homicide as outrage grows over subway killing. The caught... Uh, on video, chokehold death of a homeless, mentally ill Michael Jackson impersonator by a former U.S. Marine aboard a Manhattan subway train was ruled a homicide on Wednesday as anger and protests erupted over the killing. The city medical examiner found the cause of death for Jordan Niles Monday's death was compression of the neck. The finding is a critical piece of an investigation, as police said. They were awaiting the results of final autopsy before determining if criminal charges should be filed. The determination came after friends and elected officials expressed outrage over the death, insisting the homeless uh, busker didn't deserve to die. Neely Thirty was familiar sight on town. He was an impersonator. Just about everybody there knew him. But hey, again, uh, Bruce Pollard says, "Glad you asked about his curry." Tofu, carrot, potato, onion, mushroom, carav- cabbage, green pepper, fresh ginger, cardamom, coriander, fresh garlic, Indian red pepper, smoked paprika, and coconut milk. That is tasty, my brother. I can already taste the flavor. Zimmerman was the guy who killed, uh, absolute, who killed Travon Martin. Thank you. Paul Fleming Sr. says, yes, Herschel Walker isn't a smart man. He, he thought he was okay to take a half million dollars out of House campaign for his own personal use. He can thank Trump. That's the name of the game. All right. Bree says Biden became president less than a year after the economy shed nearly 22 million jobs over two months. March and April 2020, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the jobs recovery then began immediately after that under then President Trump, Donald Trump. But there was still an unprecedented hole to fill when Biden took office. Biden is free to argue that his stimulus legislation and other policies have helped the country gain jobs faster than it otherwise would have. As always, it's uh, debatable precisely how much credit the president deserves for job creation. Nonetheless, it is clear that there could only be such an extraordinary number of jobs added in 2021, 2022. Because there was such an extraordinary number of jobs lost in 2020. By the way, Rodnan, I think I sent you an email requesting some information. Please check your email. I think I also sent it to you on your thing a few days ago. So check it and please respond to that. Senor Rodnan. Bruce Pollard said, coronation tomorrow. And to reply to Bruce, I said, and I won't be watching the coronation tomorrow. I have no, you know. I wrote a little tweet. Let me see if I have it here. Uh, I, let me say oh, the tweet because anytime it comes around here with the coronation and all those things, I get pretty darn upset. Uh, let Let's see if I can find what I wrote. I I, I it was. I, I don't know how. Come on. I, let, I know I wrote it. I am going through my my tweets, or rather, I'm going through my. Let's see how, okay, this is what I wrote. Um, because it really upset me that MSNBC and all these guys are going to be covering that. So I wrote, how can any progressive watch the coronation of a representative of an institution that has killed, maimed, and pilfered millions around the world? If the UK is okay with maintaining the institution, so be it. But why should the victimized faces be rubbed in it? And that's how I look at it. My forefathers came yeah, via, via Africa to the Caribbean. They didn't come on a pleasure ship at all. Thank you very much, uh, Michael. They didn't come on a pleasure ship at all. Okay. They didn't come on a pleasure ship. These guys pilfered India. They pil- They they did. They, they they took over the Falkland Islands. I mean, we can go over and over and over again to what they've done. The name of the Queen and the King. What's there to celebrate? What is there to celebrate? You know, I it it, it drives me crazy completely. So, Bruce, yep, I know it's tomorrow. I won't be watching. Nobody in this family will be watching. We look at the monarchy for exactly what it is. A very, very evil institution. Uh, Bruce also says, even though you don't like him, Sowell uh, connects that royal FU with slavery. Yeah, he should. that That part, if, if he connects... That royal stuff with slavery, then, I mean, uh, you know, a clock is even right. A dead clock is right twice a day, right? A dead clock is right twice a day. All right. uh, Breeze says, Bruce Pollard from, no, no, let's see first. Um, I want to go to, Michael says, Supreme Court has no ethics. It's a no wonder the people have no faith in that broken institution. Congress has the big stick. But Republicans will probably play obstructionist faction politics. One of the problems right now, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit, is about Democrats just are not fighting. And you wonder why. And I think one of the reasons why is they themselves are on the take. But we'll talk about that a little bit later because it's particular Democrats we're talking about. All right. Google let daily wire advertise on climate change as a hoax searches. That's a shame. Bruce Pollard says, Breed, you are correct. It is racism dating back to forever. And uh, continuing, uh, Paul Fleming says, if you want a king, go back to England. We have a president. Michael says, well, that's for me. Uh, What else we got? Paul Fleming says, we subsidize everything in a twinkle or a happy meal, but won't for fruits and vegetables for people to eat. Very good observation. Carl Cox says, who cares about coronation? British should kick out royals. British taxpayers pay large amounts of taxes to keep the British royals who are leeches in luxury for years. And and what do they have? They have millions. Why should the, the, the monarchy why should the people pay a penny to protect the royals? They shouldn't. But hey, that's their country, man. Hey, Bruce, your cat may be at it again. Uh let's see what else we got here. But they're they aren't enforcing it. All right, good. All right, before I go into our Texas legislature and how bad things are with these folks, I want to play the good news of the day. And that good news of the day is I'm going it's about the jobs report. So, let's go ahead and get it done right ahorita mismo, right here. President Biden came out touting the successes of his economics, and it turns out that we got uh, more than 70,000 more jobs than was expected. I think it was something like 253,000 jobs. Made him very happy. And then he went completely appropriately to lambase Republicans for what they're attempting to do with the uh, and, the debt ceiling debate by putting it all on the backs of Americans after they've given away the, 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 the entire kit to the wealthies. Check this out what the president had to say would then take it on the other side.
2: So uh, this morning, uh, we got some good news from the jobs report. Um, we added 250,000 jobs last month. That's on top of the 12 million jobs we've already added just since we came in office, a little over two years ago. Unemployment rate is at 3.4%, which is the lowest in 50 years. Black employment has hit a record low, and uh, the really good news is working age Americans are participating in the labor force at the highest rate in 15 years, not just since the pandemic, in 15 years. And the working age women are participating at the highest rate in 75 years. Inflation is now down 40% since last summer. It's come down the last nine months in a row. We obviously have more work to do, but we're trending in the right direction. And uh, I think we're making real progress. And we're doing it basically which was the, the theme of everything and we're internally working on it by investing in America. Say it again, investing in America. Matter of fact, the secretary and I were just talking about a project that uh, was taking place in another state and uh, the reason that uh, we're having a significant investment in America. They said, well, we can't build this unless we we go ahead and... Uh, contract out for a lot of work. She said, no, I'm not gonna do that. Way. Well, guess what? I figured out how to do it in America at the right price, at the right time, at the right state. And uh, so we got a lot more work to do to make, uh, but we're making real progress. We've already attracted $470 billion in private sector commitments in manufacturing and clean energy technology. And, and we're bringing back the supply chain to the United States I don't ever want to be in a position again where a major initiative that we have in a major element of our economy is dependent on a supply chain somewhere else in the world, particularly if it's not particularly friendly. And we're doing all this, having reduced, the, having already in the first two years reduced the deficit by one point seven trillion dollars. That's occurred. That's happened. It's done. And the budget I proposed to, that we're going to—I proposed back on March nine, I think, was. In, first couple weeks of March. That budget, if it were to be passed, would cut the deficit another $3 trillion, $3 trillion over the next 10 years. Unfortunately, our—I won't say Republican because I think they're not—they're pretty well divided, but our MAGA Republicans in Congress are threatening to do all this progress by letting us, quote, default on the debt unless we agree to their demands. The two are totally unrelated. Whether you pay the debt or not doesn't have a damn thing to do with what your budget is. What your budget is. Where you're going to spend money. How you're going to raise the money. What are you going to cut? What are you going to. That's the. There are two separate issues. Two. Now let's get it straight. We're trying to hold the debt hostage to us to agree to some draconian cuts, magnificently difficult and damaging cuts. But I'll get into that in a little bit. But unfortunately, uh, they're threatening to undo, uh, um, uh, undo all this progress by letting us default. Um, and uh, their budget that they promote that it was attached to their debt ceiling increase, um, but they tied them together now. I want to make that clear. You all know this, I know, but for the listeners, they've tied it together. They say we're not going to we're not going to increase the debt that every president has done for the last six million years here. Um, never, never, hadn't done anything but that, unless you pass our budget as we're proposing. Now, their budget would put 21 million people at risk of losing Medicaid. It would cut federal law enforcement by 28,000 personnel, 28,000, FBI, DEA, etc. It would cut 100,000 teachers and support staff. It would cut 30 million, 30 million veterans health care visits. And I increased the VA budget because the veterans were in such difficult shape, having so much trouble getting appointments and the like. According to Moody's, not not, not the Democratic Party, according to Moody's, their budget plan would eliminate 780,000 jobs. Say it again, it would eliminate 780,000 jobs, according to Moody's. And America's debt has accumulated over 200 years. And my predecessor, in the four years he was president, increased it by that total debt by 40%. Four years. Four years. Let's be, And by the way, even during that period, all the Republicans voted, to, uh, the Republican Party voted to increase the debt limit. Like the only responsible thing you could do. At any rate, let's be clear this is no small part about paying our bills that we accumulated, that were accumulated, not by me, not by my administration, but by former presidents and previous congresses. I was in the Congress, so I voted for some of them as well, but I wasn't president. We're not a deadbeat nation. We pay our bills. And some of you cover a lot of foreign policy in other countries. You know this is becoming an issue in other countries. What's the United States going to do? Are they really fooling around with not paying their debts? And so, look, next week I'm going to uh, reiterate to congressional leaders that they should do what every other Congress has done, that is, pass the debt limit, avoid default. And as I've said all along, we can debate where to cut, how much to spend, how to finally move the tax system where everybody begins to pay their fair share or continue the route they're on, but, under, but not under the threat of default. Let's have the normal arguments. That's why we have a budget process to debate and open so you all can see it and know exactly what it is that they want to spend the money on, what they want to cut it on, who pays taxes, who doesn't pay taxes, and us as well. We're ready for that debate. We're ready for that debate. We've made enormous progress over the past two years. And again, just today, reporting 250,000 new jobs. Just this last report. The last thing this country needs, after all we've been through, is a manufactured crisis. And that's what this is, a manufactured crisis. And that's what it is from beginning to end. It's a manufactured crisis driven by the MAGA Republicans in the Congress. Look, instead, we should be debating a vision of our country's future, their vision versus our vision. Totally legitimate. Totally legitimate. And so gentlemen, the American people said we like their vision better than ours. But debate the vision and whether or not we're going to take our country backward, and certainly not whether or not we're going to default on our debt. And I remind you that under the previous president, Republicans voted three times to increase the debt limit. Three times. No one's ever not voted to increase the debt limit. There's a lot to discuss today about our vision for the country and in investing in America is the core of what we're all about and to build our economy from the middle out and the bottom up. And I know it's not very appropriate for the minds so of many of our friends on the other side of the aisle, but decide what's a fair tax system. It's an awful thing to do it, I don't really mean it, but I'd ask the question of reason anybody thinks the tax system is fair, you know? Okay? And maybe you don't like the way who we tax and how we tax. But this is about everybody beginning to pay their fair share from our standpoint. I understand the Republican position. This is about cutting taxes, more taxes for the wealthy. I get it. But we should have the debate in the open, not behind whether or not we're not going to discuss it. Because if we do, we're not going to have the debt limit passed. pass.
0: Um, I guess the president is pretty happy with the results so far. Now, if we could just get the feds to stop increasing interest rates. Meaning, causing the, the working class to pay the bills of the entire country with that pain. I know a lot of people are not going to see it that way. But ultimately speaking, that is exactly how it is. Anyhow, folks, uh, you know, um, last, uh, this is just an off offbeat here. I wanted to kind of mention this. Um, last night, Ashley heard me playing some... Um, Ed Sheeran music while I was doing my blogging and she came into the studio and she says, what's up? I was like, well, you know, Ed Sheeran won the case against uh, Marvin Gaye's estate for uh, that music, you know, for claiming that uh, I think it's uh, uh, let's get it on um, is what uh, they, they tried to say that Ed Sheeran's song sounded like. So what we did is while she came in here, we played Ed Sheeran's song and then we played, Marvin Gaye's song and you know the card progression was was similar but it's a card progression we could find in several other songs and I showed her how bringing up other kinds of music and we pulled it up on YouTube different music that had the same card progression and I'm like so why didn't they sue this company so why didn't they sue that company and by the way this song by by uh came out before Marvin Gaye's song so is this guy gonna sue Marvin Gaye's uh, estate now you know so I, I, you know, I just wrote a tweet that says I love Marvin Gaye's music as well as Ed Sheeran's mu- music. As one who plays music, I'm well aware that standard card progressions appear often. Those four cards appear all over the place in that progression. This lawsuit was frivolous and should not have made it court. It should have never made it, it to made it to court. I hope Sheeran countersues as a deterrent from people throwing out these. Com- Completely frivolous frivolous lawsuits because, I mean, Marvin Gaye was, I mean, if if Marvin Gaye was alive, he would look at his his estate folks and say, are you guys crazy? Haven't you listened to Bobby McFarren and all these guys and see the similarities in all this music? That's music. That's art. Anyhow, I just wanted to mention that. Anyway, back to reality. And we have here. E-2247, welcome aboard, my dear brother. He said, Google and YouTube have a policy not to spread or make money for climate disinformation on their platforms. Are they holding up to that, though? I don't know. We'll see. All right. Bruce Pollard says, I'm sorry, but I can't get too dark today. Bruce, we're not going to get too dark. We're just going to keep trucking, sir. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Um, Para ver, para ver, para ver. What is climate misdisinformation? Well, he gave us some links. E2247 did that for us. Carcock says, if Nazi Germany had kidnapped British royals, the British would have surrendered. Uh, E2247 says, climate action against disinformation coalition is a growing and unprecedented effort of over 50 organizations committed to address one of the largest barriers to advancing climate change. That is CAAD. Folks can look it up. Michael Rudnan says, I'm glad that there's our job booms now is now. Well, I'm glad that there is a jobs boom going on now. But my question, what are the quality of the those jobs? What percentage are at or above living wages? What percentage offer healthcare as an as an included benefit? What percentage uh, are people having to work two or more jobs? It's a mixed bag of everything that you just said there, Michael Rudnan. It's a mixed bag. But here's the deal. Wages are, in fact, going up as well they're just not going up high enough and here's a kicker however here's what the, the, the the people who control your prices are saying as inflation goes up you know why the core inflation won't go down according to these crooks wages wage inflation wage inflation means you making more money and what they're telling you is we don't want you to make more money or else Wage inflation, and we pass wage inflation all to you. I mean, it it is a racket that we have got to solve. Okay, let's see. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, 2,977 people died in 9-11. About almost 4,500 died in Northern Ireland, including some of my family. I have no use for the British government, nor should anyone. The British government was, in fact, a criminal enterprise. Let's remember that. There's nothing benevolent about the, the monarchy, you know, and, and, and it, when you talk about Muncheisen, it's not, not Munch Eisen, Um, there's a syndrome when you you go, the person who abused you, you fall in love with them or, 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 or you protect them. Uh, come on, help me out, guys. I know somebody here is going to talk about it right, right now. I'm going to go down the thing, see if anybody saw it yet. But there's a syndrome. Come on, folks. What's the syndrome? Uh, what is it called? I can't remember it right now, but I'll remember it in a little bit. Bruce says, if we go totally fascist, who will stop us? It will be an extraterrestrial because there will be no one left but people. Now, Bruce, a fascist can get stopped from the inside. You just have to have the will and get over the fear. But we want to get to that. Munchenzen by proxy was the correct one. Okay. Actually, munching by proxy is somebody killing you. Stockholm syndrome is the one. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. All right. Uh, let's see what else. Bruce says, if we go... No, I read that already. Bruce also says, when they waste our country deadline, who will suffer? I mean, I don't know which deadline you're talking about, Bruce, but here's the kicker. We are running on thin lines with all these tax cuts for the wealthy and running our current deficits. Because here is the magic. Here is the magic. It looks like somebody wants to call in. Let's go ahead and take our call. All right. Hello. May I help you? How can I be of assistance? You're welcome to politics done right. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. This is
1: this is this Ray, is Ray from from Third Ward.
0: Hey Ray, how you doing? Let me let me clean the sound up. How are you doing, Ray? I'm all right. Well, you know. Um, This you you are one of the first impromptu calls on the new uh, politics done right with the phone system that we have, courtesy of all the requests from one of our members. Who is that? Bridge, Bruce Pollard. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm actually proud to see you upgrading your um your communications here. You know,
0: well, when you guys tell me you want something. You get it. That's the name of the game. Uh, have you been able to check out the five o'clock show yet? I mean, the six o'clock show yet in the mornings.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not an early bird, but I still catch the YouTube. So that's there.
0: Good, good, good. Anyway, what would you like to add, my dear brother?
1: Yeah, I heard you talking about the jobs report. And basically, you know, it's so funny in a country like America that's, you know, basically based on consumerism you would think that the powers that be would make it easier for a larger portion of the population to, you know, consume. But, you know, like you said, the people who are in charge of the pricing say, okay, you want higher wages? We're gonna pass that along to the customers. So every time you you get a raise in your paycheck, you're gonna notice that that paycheck doesn't carry you as far because everything goes up. So it's like every time you feel like you're making progress, they move the goalpost. And we need to do something to break that cycle.
0: You know what is so interesting with all of that, with what you just said, Ray? And mm-hmm. I, I, I want people to hear this. It's the biggest racket there is, right? Because here's the funny thing. Uh when, if they if they paid uh, wages to a McDonald worker, $20 an hour or something like that. Right. I don't, don't quote me on this, but the increase in the price of a burger is something like 15 cents of that much. Okay. So it, it's a small increase, but the amount of purchasing power that that person has gained means that there is that much more economic activity, which means the price increases in effect, wouldn't be justified. Let me give an example. In the aggregate, if if all these employees start to make more money, the wage component of those companies' expenses could be eaten because of the increased amount of traffic they will see based on productivity and based on the amount of uh, sales that they make. So the reality is they don't even, as, as people say, Increasing the the, the wages means the product should increase by X amount. That is assuming that your volume stays the same. But if your volume increases, you do not have to raise your prices. And most of us simply buy what these charlatans are telling us who runs our industry. So I, I am glad that you gave me an opportunity, Ray, to talk about that some.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it's the biggest racket that they have been running that because every because people are making more money, you have to raise prices on everything. It's a crock.
0: <laughs> it is. And, um, it is. And, you know, uh, and, and, people, there are economists out there. You have uh, Richard Wolff, you have uh, a Cole, you have many of them out there. And I've interviewed a couple of them Robert that would Wright. tell you
1: straight out. Go ahead. Yeah, I love Robert Reich. He really breaks it down as far as all of the inconsistencies in our system that tell us that, you know, it has to be one way. But he's always telling us and I know you've done a few interviews with him and, you know, I I look at him highly regarded because of his position being a former um, labor secretary Clinton administration. Yeah, the labor secretary. So. He's someone I highly regard in opinion in terms of what we could do to fix our economy, but it takes the political will and it's going to take us actually being able to break through the corporate stranglehold that is on both parties. But since we are progressives, we
0: lean towards the democratic side. Amen. Well, I, I have a few things to say about our legislature. I don't know if I'm going to get get a chance to get to it. I'm going to try my best, but thank you so kindly for calling in, Ray. And not only that, you are one of our, our, you know, since we've started taking calls, you're the, let me just tell you, you are the first impromptu call we have received thus far. So thank you for showing that all the work that went into putting this together worked out. And I, I want to say, hey, Bruce, thank you for making this suggestion of, hey, bite the bullet and get making the show exactly as it is like we do it at KPFT. Thank you, my brother.
1: Thank you for being accessible and giving me a platform and you take care of yourself. Take care, Ray. Take care.
0: All right, folks. uh, Anyway, you can always call us 281-823-7747. If you don't want to type, if you prefer to talk and say something, that is fine too. All right. Continuing with the messages on the board, Bruce says, if we, if we go totally fascist, no, I read that already. What am I? Am, am I losing my position in my mind? Uh, let's go. Uh, what else we have here? Bridge MCP says the budget would put twenty-one million dollars at million people at risk of losing Medicaid. Uh, Biden said it would cut federal law enforcement by twenty-eight twenty-eight thousand personnel, twenty-eight thousand FBI agents. It would uh, cut one hundred thousand teachers, support staff, etc. I, I actually have that in the blog that I wrote for the for what I did um, bridge. So. Uh, check that out, guys. Uh, Michael Ronin says, Republicans aren't serious about their budget. If half the Republicans signed into McCarthy's push as a symbolic effort, the other half of Republicans are so far gone crazy that they think such Gratonian cuts are a floor to go much further. Who uh, into eliminating government? They just don't get it. They just don't get it. Uh, let's see. Budget and debt. Two different things. Breach, very intelligent statement. The the debt is something that lives on and on and on and it's accumulative the debt is simply the cumul- accumulation of deficit spending budgets okay we get a budget this year and it had a negative spending of 1.3 trillion that 1.3 trillion is attached to the, the to the growing debt you get another year that whatever that deficit is is attached to the growing debt. The truth of the matter is, the debt never has to be paid off. But what happens then is you start giving away money to all the people who own those bonds. It's just a. All of this is just a uh, a math thing, right? Technically speaking, but we can go into monet- monetarist theory in another on another on another call or on another program. All right, let's see. Maywood says, replying to Michael, my same questions like in Texas, when they were bragging about all the jobs they had, turns out most of them were minimum wage jobs. And that's what happens in Texas. We don't in Texas. Other people come here to take advantage of how low things are in Texas. That's what really happens out here. Uh, Egberta, please read this skipped out. Uh, Read what? Let's see what you're talking about. Egberto, please read this Skipped out. Uh, I'm glad for Biden and our nation that there are jobs, but but my question, what are the quality of jobs? Oh, I read that already. And we spoke about that, uh, about that. That's what Ray was talking about also, um, Senor. Rewind that one because I'm running out of time right now. Uh, Let's see. Bruce Pollard says, my psychologist wife says Stockholm Syndrome. And your psychologist, wife, as usual, is always correct, as was Paul Fleming. Uh, what else here? AVQ says the audio from the telephone call, I guess that would be, was good. And tell Susan, hi. Hey, by the way, Bruce, did you make it on uh Wally's show to talk about guns? I know he wanted to speak to you. So uh, let, let, let me know if you made it to the show. He's popular and the estate is greeted. That's America. Yep, there you go, uh, Paul Fleming. You hit the nail on the head. Okay, I am going to uh, do this real quickly. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you guys to go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter because I cover the four several things in in the newsletter that I have here and in this newsletter let me go ahead and pull it up. Um, the title of the show that I did this morning was Texas State Legislature: A Lesson in How to Kill Democracy and Indoctrinate the Masses. And the the, the first thing that got to me was the following. The first thing that got to me is in Texas we are now founding something called the. Civitas Institute. The Texas legislature is a danger to democracy as Republicans continue to test the limits of authoritarianism. Where are our democratic leaders in the Senate and House chambers? The Civitas, here we go. The Civitas Institute was conceived with the help of conservative donors and state lawmakers to lead research and education based on free market principles. But it's all a crap It is an indoctrination engine as specified in the Powell memo, as I discussed it. So please go to the newsletter and check out that article by the um, Texas Tribune. The other thing that I want to talk about is the invalidation of, they they wrote a law that was based, that said we can take over your, your election only if and only the population of that county is 2.7 2.7 million people. In other words, our county, Harris County, is the most populous county in Texas, the most democratic county in Texas. And they wrote a law specifically stating that under certain scenarios, one, they can overturn the election in that, that, that place. Two, they want to get rid of the independent Group that handles the election and turn it over to the tax assessor as well as the tax the tax assessor collector and the county clerk. Why would they do that? Those are two voting positions. Why would they do that? Because their expectation is that the other the other group is independent. Right now in Harris County, there's a Democrat and Bennett, a friend of mine, who is the county clerk, and then there is. Uh, uh I forgot her name who another friend of mine who runs the 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 the, the his accounter the this uh, I can't I can never I always mix the positions but the three women that run those positions are good friends of mine okay and there there is a target on all of their backs right now hoping to take them over by having the law pass preemptively when a republic if a republican were to get rather Given that they have the option to overturn the election, if our people get reelected, they can claim that election was fraudulent, have some new election, ensure that they can get Republicans in those positions. And then voting in this Democratic county would be controlled by uh, MAGA Republicans. It's, all of this is happening in slow motion. Yesterday, I took Ashley to a function at her church. And then I went to Starbucks, and I, I, something came across the screen, and I'm like, "Oh my God, we are not raising hell. Texans don't know what's about to hit in in these metropolitan areas. Why aren't we out in the streets? Why aren't we fighting this stuff? I don't know. So I called five different uh state representatives, a couple of them couldn't speak to me because they were on the floor, but I called and you know, I got a call back just before the show. And, she's, and, and this is what she said. I won't give her name. She said, Patrick is running everything in Austin, including the governor. She said, Austin is currently being run like a plantation. She also said, right now. There is a bill to control AR-15s in, in committee supported by Republicans and Democrats alike. And what do we have? He is forbidden any because of the NRA telling him he can't. He's forbidden these laws to come out. So here are, here are the things that we have occurring. We're attacking our LGBTQ community. We are uh, screwing up on the healthcare for everybody. We are making sure that uh, we can steal elections in, in the large democratic sanctuaries, meaning Travis County, Harris County, and all these others, but specifically Harris County. And one after another, we are doing things to harm, to harm Texans. And then this is how she concluded the conversation. She said, Egberto, it's the same thing that's happening in Florida. It's the same thing that hap- that's happening in every single red state. And I said, why is it that I am not hearing our three senators in the Senate, Whitmire, Miles, and uh, Alvarado? Why aren't they mobilizing the folks here in Houston to let these guys know, even if they pass a bill, that it's not going to be passed by just quite there. We are not just going to acquiesce to it. We're not just going to be silenced for them to pass the bill. It is amazing that we're not doing something about it. It's amazing we're not doing something about it so folks i didn't get a chance to cover uh cover this particular subject as good as i wanted to cover it meaning the what's going on in the texas legislature i'll be covering it like i you know i I called uh uh, some people called into the show this morning and they wanted to know bill number i good for me i had the bill number and and everything that they needed to fight for but we can't just sit down. and this doesn't this is for Florida. This is for North Carolina, where a Democrat went ahead and joined uh, Republicans to give them a supermajority over the Democratic governor in North Carolina. We have to do something about it. We just can't sit back and think we have no choice. We can't do that. All right, uh, John Carter says, then those Republicans, hey, welcome, John, those Republicans that support the AR-15s are cowards. Uh, if, you're, if our 3D senators aren't yelling from the rooftops, then maybe we need to make some changes. Let me tell you what I did. I, I spoke to our rep out there in Austin. Um, I called her up yesterday, and she called me back just before the show. And I, put, I, I posited that to her. I said, why aren't those three senators doing something? Because I said, where is Wendy Davis when we need Wenda Davis? Why aren't they locking things up in the Senate? And her answer to me was, you know, Egberto, in as much as everybody should be recognized, all Patrick, Dan Patrick, that is, has to do is as these senators attempt to get recognized, is to ignore them. And then they can't filibuster. To which I said, they should just filibuster with a bullhorn. If he doesn't recognize them, recognize themselves with a bullhorn. We have to fight. We have to not just take what they are giving us. We have to move forward. She said, Egberto, let me tell you what you have to do. You have to make it known that, yes, we understand that Texas is not a red state, but damn it. 5.8 million I repeat 5.8 million Registered Democrats Stayed home In 2020 Otherwise It would have been Governor Beto O'Rourke It would have been Lieutenant Governor My friend (laughs)
2: Lieutenant
0: Governor uh, uh, Oh, he'll kill me If I realize he He lives right behind The corner here I know any, anyway, so we have to do better. And this goes this is not only a Houston thing. this is all over the country. Anyway, folks, I got my first batch of uh, Mike Collier, Thank you, Mike Collier, Mike Collier. I got my first batch of embroidered uh, em- embroidered T-shirts for sale. Uh, some of you are going to be opening your mail. And getting one of these t-shirts haven't been some great supporters all of the times. But I'm going to put a little link uh, a link later on for those who want these nice nice uh, embroidered t-shirts. Not t-shirts, uh, polos. Let me show you one. But some of you already have it. Well, it'll be in the mail tomorrow for some of you who have already been such great supporters. What do you think about it, guys? Embroidered polos, right? here, you go. Uh, I'm going to put a link up for those. It's going to, I I haven't priced it yet to make a profit. I gotta, I gotta do something with that to, uh, to do something. So anyhow, some of you will be getting that already because you've, you've, you've supported us so, 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 so well, and it is so appreciated. And then I'm going to sell them, Uh, what's going to happen is that um, I'm probably going to take pre-orders to order because again, you know, uh, cash is is the thing I got to pay it up front. So I'll probably take pre-orders on those for those who want those um, embroidered things. Anyhow, please remember to support the program. We cannot do it without you. And as we speak, go to politicsdoneright.com slash support politicsdoneright.com slash support. That is where all the options to support the programs are found. I can tell you we are way behind fundraising. I'm ahead in fundraising at KPFT. I'm behind in fundraising for Politics Done Right here at my studio. What gives, you know? But, you know, what can I say? So uh, please go ahead and support the program however you can, politicsdoneright.com slash support. If you want to support, uh, if you want direct for support, you can support on PayPal, politicsonwright.com slash PayPal, or become a patron. I need patrons, politicsonright.com slash patrons. If you are on YouTube, please feel free to click that join button. And again, go to politicsonright.com slash support all the different ways that you can support this program. My name is Egberto Willis. I thank you so kindly for your eyeballs. I thank you so kindly for your ears. Uh, I can't do this we can't do this without you. My name is Zip Gerto, well, This is Politics and Right, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!